Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Yes, yes, yes. Between the stammers, it's Wednesday, June 5th. Holy shit. June 5th already. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, offseason continues. The rumor mill going on full speed this week. Uh, talk about the Alex Edler negotiations. Talk about Canucks trades that they may have or may uh, have wanted to make. A lot of defensemen in the talk uh, this week. Um, lots of talk about defensemen because, of course, the Canucks' biggest need going into the offseason is clearly the defense. I think a lot of people think that. Uh, the NHL Stanley Cup Final continues uh, with Game 5, which will be on Thursday, which will be tomorrow, after we have posted this. I am Art Aronson, of course, alongside Caleb Kirby. Art, how are you? Good, good. How are you, sir? Doing well, thank yeah. you. How's your summer going? Summer's going good, man. Loving it. Is it safe to say it's summer now? I know it's not officially summer, but I think... Uh, we could say it is with the weather turning here in BC the way it has been. Oh, absolutely. I hope we don't get all fiery, though. You know, I like the little bits of rain from time to time. I'm I'm dreading having like a whole month of that. Uh, the smog. You know, overcast smog. Yeah, it's no good. Mm-hmm. Definitely no good. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, were, you know, this is the Vancouver Canucks offseason. There's always something going on. Uh, and a lot of talk this week, uh, a lot of talk about like, uh, what the Canucks could do to shape up their defense. Right now, the biggest thing coming in the this offseason, besides, of course, the draft, is what are they going to do in free agency with Alex Edler? And right yeah. now, we're hearing that the Alex Edler negotiations have stalled. Yeah. And I, like, I kind of feel like we expected this a little bit, just with what's going to happen moving ahead here, right? Like, with this expansion draft in Seattle, Alex Edler is going to want to remain a Canuck um, I don't think Vancouver's willing to give him a no-trade clause or no-movement clause. I think they want to sign him, and I think they'll sign him to probably a decent amount of money. But if that's what he wants, I don't think he's going to get it. And I don't think uh, a guy like Benning should, you know, wager, wa- like, place a bet at the table to keep this guy. How long do you think that uh, the term of this contract's going to be? Because we're talking about that one season, 2021-22. That's... You know, that's still a few years. I think from he's now. gonna get three years. Yeah. If if we do re-sign him, I think he's gonna get three years. I'd prefer two, but I think he's gonna get three. So that'll be, you know, maybe the last year of his contract, right? Yeah, but man, like he's got so many things going against him here, right? His age is one. The fact that he can't play a full season is another one. And and the Canucks really have to, you know, batten down the hatches and be like, no, man, like we can't give you a no movement, no trade clause going into this expansion draft. There's just too much at stake. You know, like if they do this with this older guy, one of these young talents who they either drafted or 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 looking to um, keep as a piece moving forward, it's it's going to be unprotected. But the Canucks other free agent moves like Louis Erickson and, you know, Gabran- uh, I guess they re-signed Gabranson. He was in a free agent. But Beagle, Jay Beagle, uh, you know, bringing him in and uh, stuff. Those were like a bit of overpay. So when you look at Alex Edler and then he wants to you know, sign as a free agent and be, he'll be a free agent by the time he signs this probably. Yeah. Uh, you don't think that probably weighs into it as well? I think those are marks on Benning's record, right? Like he can't really afford to be making any more overpays in free agency. And I think that's why he's going to hold a little tight 
tighter with Edler on this one. And I think he has to. If he wants to keep his job, he's he's going to have to, right? These signings this year, like, if these signings go awry going into this season, these are strikes on his record, and the guy doesn't want to be unemployed. Like, he wants to take this team moving forward. Where he's at with his team right now, I think he's okay. But, like, this offseason is huge for him. This And this is a big sticking point that we could talk. We could talk an entire podcast about this, but... Is Jim Benning a lame duck GM? He's got no contract after next year. Here he is making, you know, serious game-changing moves, you know, with the draft coming up and free agency coming up. Does that concern you? The The draft doesn't. I, I feel like the draft is going to be dialed in. Yeah. Um, the signings, definitely, 100%. Yeah. You know, um, Edler aside, even some of the names that we've been hearing going out there, like Tyler Myers and... Jake Gardner, now we're hearing Nikita Zaitsev taking on that contract, which yeah. is like, it's got five more years, I think, at four and a half million. I mean, Canucks have the, the cap space to to take it on, but it's just like, these are the types of things that'll be that nail. You know, if if one of these goes awry, like, this could be the death nail for, for him and his tenure here. Yeah. The draft stuff, I'm not <clears throat> overly that worried about, but it's just like, I like personally. I just don't understand. I don't see how a guy like Myers improves this team that much. Like really? I don't think. I, I, don't think, I so. think he's just a secondary piece to to add to this team. I don't think making a splash for him makes any sense. He's gonna want more money than than a guy like Zaitsev, whose whose contract's already at four or five. I think Tyler Myers is asking for way more than that. Yeah. I think Jake Gardner is probably around that same level, but I don't think Jake Gardner is a guy who's going to move the needle as much either. He's got to take the between the stammers advice and go after teams who are cash strapped. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're bogged down by their salary cap. Yeah. And we got to get some defensemen. Well, like Miller, I, to me, is a perfect example of that. Zaitsev isn't because his term is still so long. And I mean, like Zaitsev is a guy who's been known, who's who's known to be struggling in Toronto. Like, I, I don't really – yeah, he has some offensive upside, but he's a dog's breakfast in his own end. What do we want, like Tuli, uh, Pouliot 2.0 here? That doesn't make any sense to me. Whoa. Everybody in Nikita Toronto – Nikita Zaitsev is Pouliot, Derek Pouliot 2.0? Every, well, everybody in Toronto seems to think this guy is a garbage defenseman. They also think that Jake Gardner is a garbage defenseman. Well, one is more offensive. No. You know, but I like – I don't know. I'm just I'm, – I'm worried about it. Look at this defense already. If we re-sign Edler – one. That's one guy. Tanev, two. Hutton, if he gets another contract, that's three. Stetcher, four. Luke Shen is uh, potentially um, talking about a deal with Benning right now. Five. Hughes is six, right? Then Viega. Yule Levy's going to be coming in. He's reportedly starting to skate, like starting next week. Then you have your Guillaume Brisebois, your Ashton Sautner, and then those signings that we had late at the end of the season. Rogan Rafferty, Josh Tevez, who knows what Jet Wu's going to do when he comes into camp. He's going to come into camp. We're going to see how he plays, right? And then you have other guys in Utica who haven't really had a shot, like Jalen Chatfield. That's a lot of defensemen already. Yeah, it's, it's getting you know? a little crowded there. It's crowded sure. already back there. And do you honestly think that Zaitsev, Myers, and Gardner are that much better than some of these other guys? I, I don't know. Tyler Myers is big. He had a great rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. He's been riding that. That's for a his, long time ago. For, he's been riding that for his entire career. Like I, I don't know. What would you rather see them get a guy like Gardner or Myers or Zaitsev, or go all in and go long with a guy like Eric Carlson? Well, he's riddled though. 
if if he was healthy, that's not the question I'm asking. What would you rather them go? Well, if he was healthy, maybe I'd consider it. But he's riddled. That's the thing, right? Like it's mileage on these guys too. You know, Zaitsev for five years left. He's 27 years old now. He's not going to be out of this contract until he's like 31 years old. Why would you take that on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like they, they got to figure it out here. Do you understand why this is happening, though? All the speculation. Yeah, because a lot of it is because Art Aronson too. on Between the Stammers said it was a fireball offense that he came back with the same D as last year. And you know what? You're right. But like he has so many balls up in the air that like if he drops one of these when he's doing his little juggling trick, like this could go completely sideways for yeah. him. I mean, he can't drop the ball on this Alex Edler thing. Like he can't. You no. can't give him that. You can't give you can't, him that. No you can't movement. give him what he's asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I think a lot of people are saying, like, oh, well, maybe Hutton should be the guy to go. I think Hutton is better than – well, not better, but, like, I think he's equal to and or close to some of these other guys that we're talking about. Yeah. You know? Like Zaitsev. Well, who would you rather have, Ben Hutton or Nikita Zaitsev? I'd rather have Hutton on the cheap. Yeah. And, and not a five-year deal that's going to handcuff us in the future. Yeah. Right? At least with Hutton, you can be like, here's a show-me contract. Show me what you can do. Get out there. You know? Luke Shen, same thing. Like, Luke Shen, he had a bit of a bounce back, but he doesn't have much negotiability. So why wouldn't you take those pieces and then the pieces that you got last season as well as uh, well, we, your we guys? We have who, to remember as that well Quinn as Hughes you, is it. Uh, yeah, as yeah. well as your guys who've come in, like Quinn Hughes. I still seriously think that Ua Levy will make this jump. I think he's just a victim of circumstance so far. And at that point, you're already into depth. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like relying on guys like Edler and Tanev you can't do. And then that's where I see where the fear is with Benning on feeling like he needs to make a splash for one of these guys. Yeah. Because you can't have that same story again. Yeah, if you lose if you lose those two guys, it's still a lot of minutes, right? That's, and that's a lot of pressure because yeah. those guys are veterans on this team. Well, we saw what happened when, when they were out last year, right? And Hutton and Stetcher tried to s- step up. Stetcher probably did a little bit better of a job than Hutton. Hutton kind of, like, got his face kicked in there. But, like, in, in the three and four spot, both of those guys are great. Man, it's, it's amazing how good of seasons Troy Stetcher and Ben Hutton had uh, coming from what they were last year. Well, Hutton wasn't even on the team, basically. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So he did a a, a one a bit of a 180 there yeah. and, and performed okay. And Stetcher played really well. Dude, he was a plus player. Yeah. yeah. Plus, plus player this year. So... Yeah. Anyways, yeah, there's just a lot of talk about defensemen right now for the Vancouver Canucks because it's something they need to work on. But, I mean, like, there's just so many guys in this mix right now, really, when you look at it. Yeah. So it's like you're telling me that already in this mix that there's not something that you might want to look at here rather than going out and and going after a mediocre fish, you know? Because, like, I, I just, I don't know. Zaitsev, to me, seems like a stupid roll of the dice. Myers is going to be asking too much. The only guy in there that I would even consider is Gardner. Right? How how do you feel about it? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, I... What I like about Myers is he just gives us a little more size back there. We just don't have a lot of size back there. Yeah, but you know who else gave us size back there and we shipped them the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. But he couldn't really move the puck very well. That was his problem. I feel like Tyler Myers is a bit of a better puck mover. Yeah, he's he's better, but I just don't like. I look at this hump that the Canucks are trying to climb over. Yeah, none of these guys jump off the page at, to me as guys that are going to be able to get us over this hump. And this is why it's just so difficult to put together 
you know, a team, a professional hockey team. Like you're, you're, you're going over all these players that you would want, but you got to fit it in the cap, and it's just it's difficult. And that's why having Jim Benning here, you know, feeling the weight on his job a little bit is it. it you have to think about that, and it has to. It's going to go into his uh, mindset when he hits free agency. Yeah, well, I mean, like we talked about before, go to some of those teams that have, like, no cap space and see what you can do there on the back end. A, a, a contract with a little less term. It's dangerous, is all right? I'm saying. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, the position that Jim Benning's in right now. We've seen other GMs make, uh, you know, moves to save their lives, right? Yeah. Let's hope we don't get one of those here, you know? Well, that's the whole thing about a lame duck, right? Like, yeah. How are they gonna? How are they going to stay alive? Yeah. But I don't think, like, I don't think, well, I'm not, no, actually, I do kind of (laughs) think. Just say it. I just hope, I just hope, like, the splash he makes isn't a long-term splash. Mm -hmm. And don't sell the team to re-sign Alex Edler. No. Because, like, as effective as he is. He had a great year last year. And he's effective. Yeah. Right? Like, you just can't, you can't give him those things that he's asking for. And, and damage your potential future moving forward. Yeah. If we lose a good piece to Seattle because of Alex Edler, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yeah. Right? That's a fireable offense. Yeah. Uh, Benning was on uh, 650 in Vancouver today talking about Alex Edler, and he said, quote, we are going to keep talking with Edler's agent. Sometimes the different sides have different things they are trying to accomplish. Duh. We have not found common ground yet. We want Alex back, and we will try and figure it out. It's clear Alex wants to stay. Edler wants to stay in Vancouver. So they have to keep playing that chip, right? Big time on their side. And he's getting older. Yeah. Uh, and he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Those are three, like, basic strikes against you. Mm-hmm. What kind of negotiating power do you have? Like, I know it's Benning, and I know he's had trouble with this in the past, but seriously, like, what kind of negotiating power... Does Alex Edler's camp have? Tell me what it is. Well, look at other contracts that Benning has signed. That's it. That's it. That's what he's got, right? Yeah, and he's coming off. And he's coming off a great season. Yeah, power play points, feeder secondary apples on a guy like Petey. No, like that's this is the thing about secondary apples that piss me off in general. It's just like guys' numbers were inflated this year. Alex Edler, fucking Goldobin, right? People look at the points and they're like, oh, well, they have this many points. I'm like, you know how many secondary apples these are in fucking Rogers Arena? You're shitting on secondary apples here. I am shitting on secondary apples. Because, like, you've never made a great look pass at, and then someone else made a great pass hey, and then a goal. Yeah, no, I have. But what I'm saying is, is like, there's so many times when I haven't done that. And I've just been like, oh, I got a point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's all it is. And then we hold uh, we hold assists, whether they're primary or secondary, in such high esteem that when we look at point totals at the end of the year, it's this person had this many points. You know, like goal totals are way more important. Yeah. Uh, Jim Benning was also talking about Louis Erickson and his comments in Sweden. And he had a quote to 650 there. We've got to give him credit for this. Uh, he was saying that he, well, in no man's terms, because I don't, I guess I don't have it here, but basically he said, we're going to, I'm going to talk to Louie about this. 
and I'm guessing Travis will talk to him about this as well. Yeah, Dollywell reported all sorts of stuff. Eh? Yeah, that's uh, yeah Rick Dollywell, who's now the reporter for uh, Sportsnet 650 there in uh, Vancouver. Uh, he can't come back to the team. Yeah, I mean, like if Eric's after those comments, he can't come back to the team. Benning, I, I'm glad Benning's <laughs> going to talk to him now. But like, why wasn't this addressed a little sooner? Maybe just because it was the World Championships, and he didn't want to give him any. He didn't want to get. You know, and maybe they didn't want to distract them, or, or maybe they've had like a that. conversation already. I just I, think it's fucking it's garbage happened. that Louis said those things, and like, yeah, Benning should talk to him, and Travis should talk to him. They should both say, "Yeah, you're you're get pack your shit, you're done, buddy." Right? <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your dollars. Pack your face. pack your kroners and get the fuck out of here. And cut your hair. Fuck. Anyways, uh, we're talking about free agency. Uh, there's some talk that the Canucks, uh, well, someone they might think about landing uh he's playing in the stanley cup final right now marcus johansson apparently according to tsn's pierre lebrun the canucks were kicking the tires heavy on marcus johansson at the trade deadline Uh, he's now with the boston bruins in the stanley cup final and he's been on that third line and playing really well what do you think of marcus johansson is he a guy that you think the canucks uh you know would look at in free agency when i watch the bruins play he sticks out to me he's a good player right like I, I definitely think he sticks out to me 100%. And, um, like, I, I like that he's hard-nosed. I like that he he does, like, he's moved up on that top line before with this Bruins team. Like, they've put him up there. When they've brought, like, a guy like Pasternak down to the second line, they've been like, okay, Johansson, go up there, see what you can do. And um, I think he just does everything well. And if they're looking to get more scoring in that third-line role, then, yeah, maybe he's a guy to take a look at, but... He, just like anything, don't overpay for him. Let's he's, not 20, over, he's 28 years old. Let's not overpay right? for our fucking bottom six. Yeah. He's a 28-year-old again. He's uh, had uh, – he's really only – I'm just taking a look here. He's really only had one, like, solid season where – oh, he's got a lot of – he's got a lot of – he's got one season where he scored over 50 points. So, again, we're talking about a Jay Beagle type. You know, well, not here. that low, not that type of player. But I'm saying when you look at oh, same issue. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to yeah. pay too. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to pay too much for these bottom six guys. Yeah, do I think Johansson probably has like more upside still? Yeah, a little bit. But again, like, be careful, right? Yeah. I like right now when I look at this Canucks lineup right now without, again, me addition by subtraction on this team. Get rid of some of these guys who are gumming up the works. We're not that far off. I, I I honestly believe we're not that far off with what we have. Let's just not tie our hands up in fucking shitty contracts for guys who we're, we're rolling the dice on as professionals for potential. These guys are 27, 28 years old. I'm pretty sure for the most part we know what they are as players. Players are coming into their own a lot sooner in this league than they ever have been before. I remember back in the day when Ryan Kessler kind of came into his own and everybody was talking like, yeah, 26, 27, that's when players are coming into their own in this league. I don't think it's like that anymore. I think players are coming into this league a lot more prepared and, you know, 24, 25, they're hitting those strides. Yeah, It's a young man's game. Sure, yeah, that definitely uh, could be argued. But this is just another arena where... Jim Benning has, he's just hasn't, he hasn't uh, seen it right. 
He hasn't seen it right over the last few years. Well, no, with these his, kinds of signings, his, his, right? His acquisitions yeah. have misfired. Like his professional acquisitions have have misfired more than they have fired, as far as free agency is concerned. Like that's just not even up for debate. Name one guy, right? That he's brought in in free agency that's worked. Yeah. But crickets. Well, I think Roussel is is gonna work. Okay. Like, Beagle has been fine, I think, but yeah. he tailed off last And he year. brought in Dorsett, and Dorsett was an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Right? Like, some of those guys, like, I love Dorsett, man, when yeah. he was healthy and ready to go. And I love what they're trying to do with Roussel as kind of like a Dorsett replacement. Obviously, he's not as feisty when it comes to th- dropping them. But, like, these types of guys are the types of guys that a lot of people thought that Benning would be, like, fucking great at acquiring. And it's been kind of the exact opposite, especially on the back end, right? Like, he was a defenseman in the NHL. And, like, his his defensive acquisitions have all been just, like, fucking misfires, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. I agree. Here we go, though. Uh, also some talk, and th- this is something that you kind of put in my ear here. But uh, the Canucks interested in drafting forward Alex Newhook, uh, Newfie. And played out here in the BCHL. Yeah. Signed on, I think, the Boston College that yeah. he signed on to play? Yeah. Uh, he is supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Um, I've seen a few mock drafts out there, and he's going at, like, 15, 10 to 15. Yeah, 10, 10 to 15. 15. 10 to 15. So yeah. what makes you think the Canucks are seriously considering Alex? Well, Hunt? they're going to have an, an, an interview with him, right? And I, I think they've seen a lot of them. I think they've scouted him quite a bit. And And to be honest, like, I think scouts don't put as much um, weight on on a on a league like the BCHL, where you know he's been playing as a Grizzly, right? They're yeah. like, oh, the talents. Th- there's less talent there, but he absolutely fucking ripped that league up. Sixty four like, points in fifty three games like last year. He wasn't he, when he had the puck on his stick. People couldn't get it off him. Yeah, and like his team was okay. Like he was the reason why his team won a lot of those games. Yeah, you know. So I mean. I think the potential is there for him, and I, I think the Canucks might might go after him. Like, be, would you be all right with that? I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Like I said, there's a couple other guys that are higher on my list, like but Matthew Bold yeah. is your guy. Yeah, you know? he's still my guy. I saw, dude. I saw some Roto World Hockey's uh, mock draft, and they had Cole Caulfield going at like five. We'll see what happens. Crazy, right? Uh, like he's he's going to be the biggest gamble of the draft, right? Yeah. Up high. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Mm-hmm. But remember, like, Kale McCarr, man, he was playing in an Al- Alberta Junior Hockey League, and he was putting up stupid points yeah. as a defenseman, and people were saying, oh, yeah, well, he's playing against people who suck. and Well, not people who suck, but, like, he's not playing in the highest league possible and all this sort of stuff. He still went at four. Mm-hmm. To, ahead of... To, to Colorado, he, uh, ahead of Pedersen. Oh, at least Pedersen, yeah. And then, you know, like, he came into the playoffs as... This uh, year, and he scored two goals in his first game. Yeah, like, don't underestimate these league, uh, these uh, these lower leagues because it's guys just going the college route now, mm-hmm. and it makes sense for these players to go that route and to go into college and only play thirty four games, get a shit ton of ice time for practice and everything else, and get a paid scholarship. It just makes a lot of sense, you know. Give give these players something to fall back on once they're out. Like the college route is very well structured. So I could see him maybe going for a guy like Newhook. You never yeah. know. Yeah, that's interesting. Just a few talks, you know, a little bit of talk ahead of the draft here. Uh, here's one other thing 
that I'm going to just circle back around to because we were talking about free agency and I meant to get it in earlier, but I didn't. What are your thoughts on signing offer sheets? There's two guys right now that everybody are, are out there thinking, man, sign these guys to offer sheets. They're up against the cap, both these teams. You're one, talking Marner, right? One is Mitchell Marner in Toronto. Yeah. And the other is Braden Point in Tampa Bay. Both coming off career fucking years. Like, both um, amazing players. Yeah. Braden Point is like somehow underrated still. Mm-hmm. And he's a fantastic player. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it all depends on what kind of business you want to be in, right? If you're going to throw an offer sheet down on either of these guys, the, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning are going to remember. Yeah. And they're not going to want to do business with you later on. Yeah. Right? So when you come a knocking again, they'll probably hold it against you. And, and that's the thing. Just I just think the the negatives outweigh the positives when you when when you look at doing an offer sheet. I really do. Because if you're going to sign a guy to an offer sheet, it's probably going to be higher than average, higher than market average for the guy. Um, Then you still don't even know if you'll sign it. Yeah, but it forces another team to spend more money too. It does. Right? But that's, yeah, that's a good thing, but that's also a pissy thing because like you said, what kind of business do you want to be in? They'll definitely hold it against you and and it does ask you, it does pose the question down the road, like what, do you ever want to do business with this team again? Because they will hold it against you. But if you offer sheet a guy and your franchise is in a state of like, we're about to win now and we need that one guy to get us over the hump. I don't necessarily see that. I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing for short-term success. Right. But for, for down the long run, for the long run. Yeah. You, you, you might make an enemy. Right. And then, even if you do offer sheet a guy and then the other franchise ends up paying more to sign him, you kind of look stupid and you kind of look greasy to everybody else. Man, Mitchell Marner is going to want fucking Austin Matthews type money, right? Well, he or he, more. He deserves it. Yeah. Like he was the best player I guess for the Leafs even over John Tavares, I guess. Well, last year. He is feasting off Tavares too, but That's I, true. I I I think Mitch Marner is an amazing player. Yeah. Well, sucks. Sucks Does suck. for Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other Canucks-related stuff that you wanted to get into before I get into uh, some of the other NHL hockey items here? Um, no, I think we're we're pretty good as far as Canuck-related stuff is is going. Well, here's one: Mark uh, Crawford oh, yeah. is signing off as an assistant coach in Chicago. He's going to join that Jeremy Colleton staff there. Uh, this guy. You have been on record here saying he's never going to give you a head coach. Yeah, in the, I, I honestly think that. I don't think he'll ever be a head coach again. Yeah. So is that it? That's that's our extra <laughs> little Canuck bonus <laughs> no, news? He's just related yeah. to the Canucks. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, you know, big moment in Canucks history. That's all I'm saying. He's he's a part of it. So yeah. he'll the, forever the be darkest etched. day. He'll forever be etched in Canuck history. Fuck, man. Oh, that team. I don't know if I ever loved a Canuck team more than that team. I don't think I did either. I, I didn't. I really don't. I just loved everything about the makeup of that team. They were so exciting, man. I know. It's oh. <laughs> getting me down uh, thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, dude. I'm like, it's just, <laughs> and that felt like the year, too, that we were finally going to take the Avs down. You know what's, uh, yeah, you know what's really, uh, that era, too. Someone had posted on Twitter this week about, it, it was against Calgary in the first round. It was game seven, and 
Ed Jovanovsky was in the box. Yeah. And the Canucks were down a man, and they had to score to tie yeah. in game seven. And Matt Do you Cook, remember? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And Matt Cook tipped in uh, a rebound after Jerome McGinley, like, tripped over his own stick. Yeah. And mess and Nazan went around just about everybody. Yeah. And then Cook went and tipped in. I just remember on the couch watching that moment going nuts. And I, I think it, that it's kind of sad that it's like one of my favorite moments in Canuck history. Buddy, I remember exactly where I was when, when this happened. Yeah, I too. was in like an apartment on Mackenzie Street in Victoria. I was wow. watching this game. And one thing I remember is somebody threw a Canucks jersey on the ice during this play. Yeah. And I remember like Naslin like in his head. I don't know. Like I just totally made up this narrative as I was watching the game. I was like, Naslin probably looked at that jersey and said, what? We lost a fan. Not on my watch. <laughs> and, like, skated the puck all the way up. And remember, Jovo, once it went in, like, he's fucking banging on the glass, oh, like, yeah. going nuts. I remember Jovanovski's yeah. uh, reaction to that. And I remember thinking, like, this is one of the greatest yeah. moments in Canuck history. Same here. Because you just, you nobody expected that to happen. And <sighs> that moment was just bred on the intensity. And it's just a great hockey moment. You got to get a yeah. goal, you get it. With seconds yeah. left. Yeah. And then Martin Angelina just put us out. Yeah. Former Canuck, ex-Canuck Martin Angelina, who my bank code was based off of for years. <laughs> that guy scores so many big goals. Oh, yeah. Too. Anyways, I don't know why we brought that up. I just, well, just love that team so much. I yeah. really did. And, and as that much was as, the year. As much as Kluche pissed me off. Yeah. You know. I know. That was the year, too, that they didn't have... Bert, right? Yeah. Because of the big because of the Steve yeah, Moore shit. And if the they would have had him, I honestly like in my heart of hearts, I think we probably would have went to the final. Like I really, really do believe that. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Fuck. <laughs> right. Memory did trip down memory lane uh, between the stamps. So so painful. Like that to me, that's just as painful as losing in twenty eleven and losing in ninety four. Like it's just there's just so much heartbreak yeah. as a goddamn fan of this team man the potential there yeah. just it really it's just, hurts. It's just going down that just ruined my day i'm just <sighs> i'm gutted now Art. <laughs> sorry buddy <laughs> uh let's move on to the nhl stanley cup final uh it's a series it's 2-2 and i think it's getting interesting the best game was last game and the reason it was was because it's like zadeo char went down yeah like He's got a broken jaw. I think yeah. we're, I think I no the Bruins haven't come out and said it, but I think it's pretty clear that he's out. He's done. And they've also had an injury to their other up and coming defenseman, Matt Glizik? Glitzik? Yeah. yeah. Grizzlick. Grizzlick. Good player. Yeah, dude. Um and now the series is tied. Fuck, two, he two. Got thumped a couple times by the Blues. There was a couple times where Grizzlick was on the wall and I'm just like, "Oh man, you're not getting up." Yeah. It was uh it was a it was a hell of a game. Ryan O'Reilly, like this is this is his crowning moment right now as a professional hockey player. The guy is crushing it. Yeah, absolutely crushing it. The game winning goal was fucking spectacular. Yeah. So first off, you don't think you don't think Char is going to come back? No, I think he's done. I think Char is coming back. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love I how the I, Bruins have listed it as a facial injury. I think they're gonna <laughs> I think they're gonna bolt on that jaw any way they can. Put the world's biggest um, full face on him, and I think he's gonna play. I don't. I don't think Char is the kind of guy who's gonna fucking stay off the ice. I think his trainers. I think everybody's probably gonna tell him to, and he's gonna be like, I don't know, sew it on, weld it on, do whatever you want. I'm going the fuck out there. No. 
you know? And honestly, if he does play, I'll like him more. Like, he's just, like, dude, these guys, man. Every single guy out there on both teams just getting in the way of pucks, taking fucking shots off the face, getting crunched, doing everything, like, Taking dives. The phys- Jaden oh, okay. Schwartz. Yeah, Jaden Schwartz. <laughs> sort yourself out. You too, Bennington. We saw that one too. But um, like uh, this is just like man shit right yep. now that's going on in this in this, this final. Is, yeah, it's true. Both teams want it, man. And that last game was very, very competitive. Yeah. Uh, game five tomorrow, who wins? Who do you think? I think Boston wins. You think so? It's back in the Even garden. with these injuries. It's back in the guard. I, I think Char's going to play. Like I said, I think he will play. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, it's been back and forth all, all series. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Boston wins you. I just, Boston looks like they're like, I'm, and I read a lot of Boston news because I'm a Patriots guy and I see all yeah. these, I see all these headlines and they're worried, man. They they're are always worried. worried. They're worry warts. <laughs> they're, that's what, that's the thing that pisses me off about Boston fans. They over, they always overblow every little thing that goes on. Whether it's like, what, oh, uh, Belichick whispered something in Tom Brady's ear this week. Oh, oh, could it be the end? Could it be the end, right? Oh, uh, you know, Chara got hit in the back of the leg with a puck and warm up. Oh, is he going to play tonight? It's just like, dude, like these guys are tough. They're pros. They're fine. They sensational, they sensationalize their sports so much, like probably mo- more than most other markets do. And I honestly think that that hardly contributes to the success of these teams because the expectations are so high over there right it's 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 kind of mind-blowing but <laughs> I, I gotta I, I gotta it. be honest with you Art I think um one of my favorite things so far with these playoffs has been like the crazy fanmanship going on with some of like these like uh you know bloggers and and uh, a guy like Sean Avery on Instagram like Sean Avery today I will not today. Yesterday, Sean Avery yesterday tried to break break a trade on Instagram between Nazim Kadri. He called him Nazim Kadri and <laughs> Jacob Truba. He called him Trubda, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah." Breaking news: trade between the Maple Leafs and the Jets for Trubda and Nazim Kadri. You know, and I was just looking at that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, sources tell me." I'm like, "Is he trolling? Like, is he just being entertaining right now?" Or is this like his new thing where he's trying to break trades and be like an insider? Uh, I think he's being a troll. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's a great troll. But man, his fucking in-game Instagram feed when he's following the game, like you should have heard him gushing about O'Reilly last game in game five. He was going I, off. I think it's pretty clear who he's fucking cheering Oh, he's cheering going for. for the blues hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you saw him lipping off Brad Marchand. She's like, he's yeah. fucking ugly, man. <laughs> good player, but fuck, he's ugly. Man, he's such a good follower right now. Like, follow him on he's the best. Instagram. Watch him talk hockey. It is hilarious. Some of the things that he says aren't penalties clearly are penalties. But, like, <laughs> fuck, is he funny. And I then, love the one where it was a clear chop of the stick. Yeah. And he's like, that's not a fucking penalty. <laughs> And then the other guys who are who got a lot of jam going on right now, and like a lot of people hate them, are the Barstool guys, right? Like Barstool Sports, they got a couple guys that are diehard Blues fans, and then Portnoy is like a diehard Bruins fan. So it's it's kind of funny watching those two guys trade blows back and forth. Uh, Port, th- those guys were at Game Five in St. Louis. Apparently, somebody came up behind Portnoy, fucking slapped him in the back of the head with a towel, 
And then he released a statement about how he was assaulted. Total tongue-in-cheek, like, hilarious bullshit. But, like, fuck has it been funny to let's, follow him. Let, let's take a moment to talk about Barstool. And I don't want to, like, make this as a big infomercial for Barstool. But they make the Stanley Cup playoffs a lot of fun. They, they really do. do. And it helps that Boston's in it. It does help that. But, like, they have so many fans <clears throat> in that building that are all hockey fans. And they're one of the major media outlets in the States for sports right now. Yeah. Well, stoolies, right? A lot of stoolies follow them. And they're politically yeah. incorrect and they're <laughs> stupid, but they embrace it. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying I'm a stoolie, but, like, some of this shit that we've seen lately has been some of the funniest, like, aside blogging hockey coverage I've ever seen in my life. Like, one of their guys has a chinchilla. Somehow he was able to bring it into the Blues game, I guess, because it was like a stress animal or something like that, had papers for it. He's dancing around to glory at the end of the game. Brett Hall wants to meet him. There's a video of Brett Hall fucking absolutely <laughs> hammered, <laughs> holding this chinchilla like up to his face, just sitting there while Gloria's playing. And it is like one of the funniest professional videos I've ever seen. Oh, sorry. Videos of a professional. I wouldn't call it a professional video. <laughs> Brett Hall. Brett Hall. Where have you been? That's kind of fun, too, getting some of these St. Louis guys out out there. Uh, but, yeah, Game 5, Stanley Cup Final, goes Thursday night in Boston from mm-hmm. the, whatever that their uh, arena is called these days. TD. TD Garden. TD Garden. Yeah. Which is a shithole, by the way. It's the uh, – we didn't go in there. That's the one big venue we didn't go in yeah, when we were in Boston. But it's a shithole. Remember back in the day when uh, they were playing the Canucks in 2011, they used to do the the center ice cam where they dropped the puck and all mm-hmm. those flies are flying around everywhere because of the stale beer smell in there? Yeah. That's right. It is a shithole, isn't it? Uh, okay. So the okay. last thing we wanted to talk about, and this isn't really hockey-related, but... This is sports-related. This is sports-related. So according... And this is a big... This is... I, I even heard the guys on the zone talking about it this morning. Uh, dodgeball. Apparently, it's very uh, it's very disheartening to young kids. They need to remove it from the curriculum, from PE class. Get rid of it. Uh, this just kind of seems to me, it's kind of like um, I had a uh, an analogy for it. Um and I'm going to have to keep thinking about it. But anyway, it it just seems to me like it's just something that people want to get upset about. It's just another thing yeah, people are using stupid. to get exce- upset oh, some, about. Some UBC professor named Joy Butler. <laughs> like, of course you're going to suck at dodgeball if your name's Joy. You're fucking raised by hippies. Now you're a university professor? When were you ever good at any sport, Joy? Seriously. And then she's talking about how it does damage to kids. It's a tool of oppression, she says. A tool of oppression. Yeah, her exact- Marginalization, powers, powerlessness, and helplessness. Dodge, and then they, they fucking, they reference the movie Dodgeball as a case study on this thing. <laughs> I know. That's where I first saw it, actually. It came across my news desk uh, on Tuesday, and it was a picture of uh, Dodgeball. What's his face? Um, ben Stiller? Ben Stiller. In his stupid fucking costume, Dodge from the Dodgeball movie. I'm like, right away, I was just like, I'm not fucking reading this article. Dodgeball. Right then, I knew, right, I wasn't reading this She article. says, Dodgeball and its intent to use humans as targets is tantamount to legalized bullying. It's a fucking game. Just like Red Rover. I, right? feel, I feel like we're in the same here, thinking that 
and maybe this is a little controversial. No. But a little bullying, it's not the worst thing in the world. This is life. This is what happens. It teaches you because it's not rosy, you know? And yes, high school and elementary school, it's a microcosm of what it's like out there in the real world, right? Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? You're playing any sport. And I've been I've been picked last in a sport. Getting picked last doesn't feel good. Ask Phil Kessel. He was picked last in an NHL All-Star game. I'm sure that didn't feel pretty good. Ask Lamarcus Aldridge. He right? was picked last. Exactly. In an NBA. But here's the All-Star thing. Game. There's two ways to respond to getting picked last. There's saying, I don't want to play. This isn't for me. Fuck this. And just leaving it. Or there's, I got picked last. These people don't think I'm very good at this game. I'm going to practice. I'm going to get better, and I'm going to ram this down their fucking throats next time they try and pick me last. Right? There's two schools of thinking about it, just like dodgeball. You get hit by a ball, you're out. You go to the sidelines. Somebody catches a ball, you're back in. What's What are you going to do? You're going to be less motivated to try and make that catch to get somebody else in to try and win, try and help your team? Practice makes perfect. If you're an athlete or if you're trying to be an athlete, that's the only way you're going to get better. Dodgeball teaches that. Dodgeball isn't a tool of oppression. And by the way, for the most part, your teammates who are depending on you and need you to be better, you make that catch, those teammates are going to say, yeah, yeah, nice catch, nice catch. And that's going to motivate you to be a better player. And that's not just... She's 100%... That's not just to dodgeball. Yeah, that's she, to every sport she's played by a team. And she's 100% dis, um, disconnected from the way sports works here. And she she's dis, she's just totally throwing out teamwork yeah as as uh, as a part of dodgeball and yeah. being part of a team yeah just she's com- not talking about that completely at all. disconnected from it because yeah. she doesn't understand it probably because she was one of those people who was picked last and said fuck it i'm out of here <laughs> right she's yeah. a quitter yeah. joy butler from ubc is a quitter <laughs> Call and this joy article butler. is a fucking joke <laughs> you and your other two professors who came up with this thesis Embarrassing. Uh, uh, what about the whole targeting thing, though? Targeting the weakest. You know, it's kind of like survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. Right? Yeah. You know? Who do you want? In, in baseball, who do you want up at the, up at the plate when it matters the most? You want your best hitter. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're, the, if you're the team pitching, who do you want up at that plate? You want the weakest hitter. Yeah, exactly. Clearly. Right? Yeah. Like, this isn't new. <laughs> this is just... This is sports. Yeah, and this is just something else. Oh, yeah. It's... When will it end? There'll be there'll be lots of shit. It, it's it just bothers me that we're at a point where we have to blame something for everything. Yeah, and that's it, that's where we are. And it bothers me that this article is written by a bunch of nerds <laughs> that have no idea how this works. Yeah, just nerds, like just losers who were who fucking weren't able to figure it out when it came to sport, and now they're writing this thing, and then people take it as. As uh, actual like writ, like something that is of any substanti- of, of any substance, because it's been published. Yeah, right. Like, like this, is an, be, this is an educational journal. If, if you're ri- if you're writing yeah. something, and it's getting published, like you need you should have a little bit of a responsibility to do your research a little bit better than this. Yep, I'm gonna send. This is an op-ed, in my opinion. This isn't a this isn't a a fucking study. Old Joy Butler is getting some. Uh, Strongly worded emails. I bet you she is. And should. Get it. Anyway, there's our little <laughs> go off about uh, dodgeball. I haven't played dodgeball in a long time. When's the last time awesome. you played dodgeball? Dude, our, our station used to have a dodgeball team. 
How do we not? We can go in there and we'd get pumped. <laughs> yeah, kind but of, um, yeah, we used to do it for a few years. We we actually have a a cup in this building. Really? Yeah, dodgeball cup. The, the was league, Jeremy Baker part of that team? Yes, he was. The nice. league actually folded um, a few years ago just because they couldn't get enough players. It was always on, like, the nicest day of the summer on, like, a Saturday. And then people were doing it. They're like, what? why didn't I have the lake? Like, why am I here playing dodgeball, you know? Yeah. All right. There we go. Dodgeball. I got to get out there and play again. I haven't played dodgeball since high school, honestly. I loved it. I love dodgeball. Every time I'm like, let's do this. You know what I love about dodgeball? <laughs> Nobody who is like who enjoys it yeah. thinks they suck at it. Everybody thinks they're good at it. <laughs> Everybody yeah. thinks they're good at it. I love the mono a mono macho too. Like, let's do this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Throw Dude, that ball at me. <laughs> even running to get the balls in the middle at yeah. the beginning is just like that's like XFL shit right there, you know? Like, oh race to the ball. I'd pull a hammy doing it now, but I mean, yeah. Dodgeball's awesome. Yeah. Joy Butler, not so awesome. No. Uh, we're going to get rid of uh, paintball guns, too, paintballing. That's probably the next thing she'll be after. Uh, Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. You can find me at Art Aronson on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can email us at... Between the stammers at gmail.com. Right on. Thanks for listening.